Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back, and today we're talking about one of our favorite topics, a topic that most of you are also interested in based on all the feedback, which is how to start your own podcast. And what Julie and I are going to do is we're going to take you through our version of how to start a podcast. And we searched all over the internet to see what other people were saying. We sort of ascertained that most people were saying to, you know the exact same thing. And we're going to tell you what we did. And most of what we did to make this the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States um, was very dissimilar to what everyone else did because Julie and I are big fans of keeping it simple. And the way we do this podcast, you all are about to learn, is very simple. And thus, you can easily copy it. So we want you to consider starting your own podcast if for no other reason um, than it is a very cathartic uh, sort of journaling type experience. It's mm-hmm. fun. It is, especially if you do it every day. We'll yep. talk about the importance of being consistent. Um, it's something I look forward to every day with you. We're kind of in a groove of uh, yeah. a habit of doing it. But I wanted to do a special shout out for those of you who have been intimidated in the past about something like starting a podcast. And I was surprised. I was talking to somebody just in the neighborhood the other day who didn't even really know what a podcast was. So we have listeners everywhere from, well, I don't really listen to podcasts except maybe yours and a couple of other ones, all the way to being really curious about how to launch it on their own and simplify it so that they can be consistent. And I recognize that there's everywhere in between. But please, wherever you are on that spectrum, continue to listen because one of our goals here is to simplify it to systematize it and to take any level of intimidation away from it because it, it really can be very simple, not to mention extremely inexpensive. Well, and extremely effective too at marketing. Podcasting is you're going to learn. And we're going to give you statistics. We're going to give you facts. We're going to give you basically how to you know value, ascertain again, there's that word again, mm-hmm. how to go about figuring out where uh, what a popular podcast really means, like how many downloads, what does it take? Um, you know, like so find things for them. Exactly. So we're going to go through all the, the facts and figures. Most of these things, Julie and I already knew from having done podcasting forever. Uh, but a lot of this information I thought was really fascinating, especially considering where podcasting is on the adaption curve. And as to Julie's point that she just made it, a lot of people are just now discovering podcasting as something that they want to listen to, let alone start their own podcast. So if you haven't started your podcast yet and you think you're too late, you're absolutely not too late. You're actually right on time. All right, so let's talk about what podcasting is. I'm going to go through these initial points relatively quick because hopefully you guys all know what podcasting is because you're listening to a podcast. Indeed. (laughs) So, But here's a question. Why podcast versus radio, which could be a radio show, radio commercial, or other apps like uh, Clubhouse or its competitors. Why podcasts? So a few little bullet points here. Podcasting is on demand. That's different than radio and other things and can be replayed and shared. Podcasting fosters community, lead generation, and ongoing relationship with your listeners. It's efficient at reaching multitudes of people for minimum expenditure. I think that's important. And podcasts are not time zone or geography dependent. They're easily produced by you, probably a lot easier than you think it is, not dependent on third-party production. So the best way to illustrate the creation and production of an award-winning podcast is to just use 
our podcast as an example. That's Real Estate Coaching Radio. This is our case study, and many of you have asked for help uh, starting, maintaining, monetizing a quality podcast. So let's do the facts first. Now, the reason, again, that we like podcasting, another reason is because you own the land and you own the house. Whereas if you're creating a bunch of content on a social network, you might create the content and technically own the content, but you don't own the platform. When you have podcasting, the audio files that you created, you own. And you can decide how you're going to disseminate those. So this does not violate one of the Harris rules, which is when you're building your mansion, make sure you build it on land you uh, you actually own. Mm-hmm. All right, so Julie Harris, uh, facts first um, using Real Estate Coaching Radio as the benchmark. Yes, okay, so typically Real Estate Coaching Radio is a 30 to 45-minute live daily podcast. We record it live, but you guys can listen live or in replay. Downloaded in over 60 countries and often number one in education, on iTunes. So that depends maybe on the country, like in Peru, for example. Right. That's actually kind of a funny fact, though. And we'll get to this probably tomorrow. But when you're the way to go about figuring out how popular your podcast is, is completely different than the way they go about like tracking YouTube videos. Like you watch a video, you see how many times it's been watched, or maybe even Twitter followers or Instagram followers. A podcast listener is like a thousand X more valuable, especially someone who listens every day, than anybody who like you, you can't really use uh, you know Instagram followers as like that person's got a hundred thousand Instagram followers. Your podcast only has like a thousand daily downloads. The 1,000 daily downloads, and again, we're going to get into the weeds about this, are a hell of a lot more powerful because they're more engaged, because it takes more to listen to a podcast. Those are very valuable, hard-earned fans of your podcast versus, say, somebody on Instagram who just had somebody for a millisecond click that they wanted to follow that person. So when we get get into the weeds about all the statistical stuff, I think you guys will be really surprised. Well, so to use real estate parlance, Instagram and uh, Facebook are not real comps for something like a podcast. Exactly. That's the best way of explaining it. So it's not really comparable. All right. And we'll talk about that more in a second. Real Estate Coaching Radio has over 2,000 shows on iTunes and over 5,000 shows in archive. It's in the top 0.05% of all podcasts in the world. We're pretty proud of that. We have had over 50,000 downloads in a single day, depending on the topic. Now, our listeners were surveyed, and 93% are already in real estate or planning on getting a license. 7% classified themselves as other. That's what surprised me. I think 7% is kind of high, actually. Well, yeah, and they were not even intending on getting into real estate when we did that survey. It was Mm -hmm. probably about 18, 24 months ago. But they were just small business owners. Entrepreneurs. Yeah, and, 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 you know, our moms. Right, definitely our moms. (laughs) (laughs) Our friends, yeah. You got it. So what about your podcast? How do you get started? Now, the most important questions that you've got to answer is, who is your show for? Who are you actually trying to serve? And to answer that question... You create an avatar, and let's call him the ever-popular Bob. Bob's our avatar for Real Estate Coaching Radio. So let me explain this. I wrote this down for, uh, you know, Julie and I are sharing notes today. We both worked on this. But the avatar concept is nothing other than just creating a fictitious person in your mind. It can be Bob or Bobette, or it can be Bobette and Bob. It doesn't really matter. Don't overanalyze it. And you have to think about that person, that avatar of a person, and what they like, what they're interested in. That's right. And actually, the first time I heard this concept was one of our real estate clients. Uh, yep. And I want to say it was maybe a buyer for Victoria's Secret. Correct. And he said that she. they... She. That's right. She had 
uh, in the company, they had an avatar. Who is their target uh, buyer? And that was probably, you uh, know. Actually, you know, it wasn't Victoria's Secret. It was one of the executives at White Barn Candle Company. Oh, and what? he said when they were starting White Barn Candle Company, they actually made an avatar of the buyer that they suspected mm-hmm. would be walking into the store because it was a brand they didn't buy. It's a brand they created. Uh, that's you remember right. that? Who they thought their client would be, yeah. right? So that's what an avatar is about. And you can do that for your podcast as well. All right, so let's talk about Bob for a second. Who is Bob? Describe him. How old is Bob? Where does he live? What does he do on the weekends? What These are, are all questions you guys need to be asking. Developing your listener. When you're, yeah, exactly. When you're developing your uh, avatar, you ask, you know, who is Bob? Describe Bob. What does he look like? How old is Bob? Where does Bob live? I mean, this is a fictitious person. Hopefully, you're all hanging with us. Just, what does Bob do on the weekends? Well, he's a real estate agent. He's probably showing houses. Well, what, what are Bob's hopes, his fears, and his ambitions? What is Bob's annual gross income? And podcast, list, podcast listeners, interestingly enough, are often older, well-educated, and, well, and better off financially. But his fears and his ambitions are probably very similar to yours, which goes to the next point. Yeah, so how does Bob want to feel after listening to your show? Is Bob like you? If yes, that's easy. Make a show that you would listen to. When considering a topic, ask yourself, why does Bob care about this? And if you have to tell Bob why he cares, then it's a crap topic. That was written by Tim, obviously. (laughs) But it's true. If you have to explain it, you know, Bob has to already care. It has to be meaningful to him without you explaining it. So in our case, we aim to motivate educate and get you into action that's keeping it real simple for our listeners motivate educate and get you into action but let's so just to put a period at the end of the sentence of the whole bob avatar concept um if you're going to create a podcast the best chance you have of being successful at it is create a podcast that you would listen to now i'm assuming that again i already know 93 percent of you are in the real estate industry so if you are not in the real estate industry and you happen to live in your community what would be a podcast you would want to listen to about your community what would be the topics that you'd be curious about? Obviously, everyone's, you know, real estate curious. But what beyond that? What about maybe you could interview local politicians? You could interview local business owners. You could interview all kinds of different people. And and how about this? If you live in a, like where Julie and I lived in Columbus, Ohio, where we sold real estate, a lot of people would snowbird down to certain areas in Florida. Well, maybe it would be interesting to have a guest in those markets where people would move down to in Florida as a podcast guest that would occasionally show up on your podcast, letting them know what's going on in Clearwater, Florida, or wherever the popular normal migration area would be, those types of things. So create a podcast that you would personally like. And then create an avatar around that and then start thinking when you're thinking of topics, you've got to focus in on what does Bob like or, you know, what would – and then, again, start – first of all, what do you want to listen to? Because the fact is, is if you're going to be doing a podcast about something that you don't give a hoot about, it's going to – people are going to tell. It's going to sound boring. And so then you, they won't listen again. They right. They won't – exactly. Maybe your mom. Maybe your mom. Mom might listen again. <laughs> that is true. That's right. So, uh, for example, one of our coaching clients in Austin is doing a podcast that is called Moving to Austin Mm -hmm. because there are so many people moving in. That's a common type of client that she has. Well, think about what a killer title of that podcast is, Mm -hmm. too. Because if someone's, say, moving from California, where most people are moving from, I mean, Tesla just announced they're moving not just the truck factory, but the whole damn Tesla factory to Austin, Texas. Um, So there are a lot of people that are dropping into Google Moving to Austin. That's the reason that Julie and I chose the name Real Estate Coaching Radio because you guys Google, our potential customers will Google real estate coaching. 
And we, you'll go to maybe uh, YouTube and you'll Google real estate coaching or you'll go to uh, obviously iTunes looking for podcasts on real estate coaching. A lot of you have discovered us just because of the title. Even if you've never heard of our names, you know what real estate is, you know what coaching is. Well, here's some content about something I'm actually interested in. Exactly. So here's your mindset drill down. Imagine that Bob is in the room with you and you're having a conversation with him. You truly care about Bob. You want to make his life better. So make the show about helping Bob, not trying to make yourself famous, as we often discuss on this podcast. Worth repeating, make your work famous because of all of the people that your work product helped. Don't try to make yourself famous. That's the mindset that wins 100% of the time. So when in doubt, lead with this mindset. Make it all about your listener. Don't worry about trying to be a famous podcaster. Now, why did I write that down? Why did I think that through and, and share that with you guys? Here's a simple answer why. Because a lot of you are pursuing social networking, trying to aggrandize yourself. You're trying to make yourselves famous. And you believe that if you can create this false image of yourself, Instagram's notorious for this, of yourself doing all these sort of like superhero type activities every single day, that that's going to attract people to you. And, when, and maybe on Instagram, if you're trying to appeal to the millennial demographic who wants to be a rock and roll star or whatever the kids are doing nowadays, right. the reality of it is that might actually work. But when you're in real estate and you're trying to create a podcast, if you try to make yourself famous through the podcast, if you're using the same types of thinking that a lot of people are using on uh, the normal social networks, for example, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, it does not translate to podcasting. Podcasting is a much more in-depth, serious uh, format that is going to require some actual commitment. That's right. So let's talk next about the accumulation effect. Hard work, authenticity, and making it all about your listener will pay off, assuming that you're very consistent. Keeping at it is the key. Don't even start a show if you're not going to commit to at least the next 12 months and at least minimum standard 12 shows. Ideally, 12 months and 30 to 40 shows. Don't leave digital breadcrumbs that you're a quitter. What do you mean by that? Well, so first of all, the least in that, the, seriously, guys, don't do it unless you're going to do it for real. And the, the, frankly, the minimum standard, in my opinion, would be at least one show a week. Because if someone subscribes to your show and then they don't hear from you for months later, they probably have completely forgotten about you or found another podcast that they already have fallen in love with that was similar enough in content to what you were originally supposed to be providing for them. And people only have so much time during the day to listen to anything. So if all of a sudden you've been replaced by somebody who is giving them what they wanted on a more regular basis in terms of content, you lose. That actually happened to me this morning, uh, driving Zoe to school, because we have reached podcast uh, maximum on, on our series that we were doing. Mm -hmm. And and I what did I do immediately? I, and I was like, first I was disappointed. I was a little bit pissed that we had run out Tell of podcasts. Tell them what you're listening right? to. We're listening to um, those of you that have kids. There's a great one called uh, Julie's Library, which is uh, Julie. It's Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews, yeah. 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 Had a brain fart on that. Okay, so from The Sound of Music, and her daughter and her granddaughter are reading children's books, and it's a great uh, podcast where they've got um, sound effects and all these great things. It's a really well done, and they're only 20-minute snippets. Well, we've listened to all 21 of them, okay? And I think that they did them bi-weekly, but we had, since we go to school every day, we're done. Well, what did I do immediately after I was disappointed that we had run the course was I went to look for somebody else's podcast that was similar, right? So that goes to the consistency because had I not run out, I would still be listening to what they did. And maybe there will be a new one in two weeks, but we'll see. Yeah, well, I, my, my point is that I'm looking for it all the time. I became addicted to it. You're actually making a grander point, too. Mm -hmm. You were listening to her back catalog. You were listening yes. to the old stories, right. and you just caught up. Exactly. Right? So maybe she does it every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Maybe she does it every week. But, you know, it, 
the format matters is all I'm saying. And consistency, because she got me, but for how long, right? Exactly. And so. that's the reason Julie and I do, um, you know, it's so hard for daily. me not to jump ahead of my, <laughs> my points. But that's the reason we do daily podcasts, because ultimately what you want, the real sort of, uh, you know, the, the brass ring is you want regular listeners that are going to listen to you every single day where you've become part of their lives and they've become part of yours. That's right. uh, and Julie and I have podcasts that we listen to every single day. Mm-hmm. There'll be certain podcasts that no matter what, she and I are going to listen to. And the, di- the daily ones are the ones where you can call, them, call, call us addicted to them. I'm fine with that. But the weekly ones or the bi-weekly ones, frankly, if they, they pop up uh, on my iTunes feed, and they're there. Okay, there's that new podcast. I haven't listened to it for like a month. And then all of a sudden, all the dailies uh, are coming in constantly throughout the day. They're going to push that one that hard labor shows up way down on my iPhone. And I'm going to forget that it was I ever there. That. That's interesting. Yep. So you guys got to make sure you're listening, that you're doing at least one a week and then maybe two week, then three week. And then build up the content because Julie and I have... We have 2,000 shows on iTunes, but the truth is we have a little over 5,000 shows. But when we went from a one inter, a one uh, pike, a podcast provider, which I'll share with you guys the technical stuff on that in a second, to another, they only allowed us to import 2,000 shows. But out on the internet, on our uh, Block Talk Radio, our old provider, we have another like 3,000 shows. All of those shows are getting listened to. All of those shows are getting, uh, you know, and all of them had CTAs in them, which we're also going to talk about in a yes, second. We'll, uh, we'll get calls to, to action. Yeah, we'll get to that. So let's say that we've convinced them that this is how you go about it, and I'm ready to go. So what are my action items? Number one, when we kind of went through what your typical questions are about getting started. Point number one, do I need expensive equipment? Some of you haven't done a podcast because you convinced yourself that you don't have the technology for it. Well, the answer is no, you do not need expensive equipment. Don't waste money on pricey stuff. We use Rode, that's R-O-D-E, lavalier mic, and our iPhones. Let me see if I can get a part number because it's right in front of me. Okay, the, at the, uh, so this is a thing that sticks into the iPhone. It's the SC6-L, and then when you're on Amazon and you're doing a checkout, you'll see the two lavalier mics that go with it. Lavalier mics are the ones that usually pin to your lapel, but Julie and I actually hold them while we're doing the podcast. Now, but let me tell you, I have probably purchased over the last five years – I bet you 20 or 30 mics, and we use none of them. Live confession. Exactly. And I've got a mixing board, and I've got all this other fancy stuff. You know, I, you know I'll watch Joe Rogan's podcast, and I'll think, Julie, we need a fancy studio. We need all this other stuff. But you know what? It doesn't matter, and it matters even less now for reasons that we're about to share with you. Well, and you know what also I think is cool about this setup? is that when we travel, this oh, yeah. is super easy. You just roll it up, you take it. We took it on our road trip, yep. and we took it uh, a couple weeks ago to Miami where you interviewed uh, Michael Valdez. And you know, and Orlando, which oh, was Orlando super. Montiel. Yeah. yeah, it was really easy. We just, you know, it's totally mobile. You can put it in your carry-on, no big deal. So that's good. No, you do not need expensive equipment. So no mix, mixing boards, no editing. Julie and I never edit our podcast. We always just go straight through. If you hear a dog barking in the background, you may have just heard Max barking. That's just the way it's going to be. And we're not editing it out, and we do not care. We used to care, but we don't care now. Um, there's a lot of expectations that have changed. We're going to talk about audio quality here in a second. But if you want to video your show, you can use your iPhone. Or frankly, what we should be doing, but we don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> is you could be doing a live uh, – you could be using um, Zoom – to record your podcast and standing in front of your computer, use your computer to post your notes up, 
as a teleprompter, basically. Have Zoom recording you while you're doing your podcast. And then you can create a video that will go on YouTube of you creating your podcast all the while you're recording your podcast. So you've got a video version of it and you got an audio version of it. That's right. Now, Julie mentioned something earlier, and I do want to talk about this as well really quick. So as far as equipment goes and as far as the studio goes, the next two points, you can use, and we're going to look into this, using a one of these new apps, for example, Spotify Green Room. You ought to look into that. And also there's another one called Call-In. It's C-A-L-L-I-N. These are apps that allow you to do a podcast using their app. I'm sorry, do a sort of a clubhouse type experience, but they the audio is then saved and then you can then automatically push it into the podcast uh, uh, world where it gets syndicated to Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, you know, all these other different places where our podcast appears. So there's the next wave of technology that's available for podcasting is going to allow you to use these iPhone apps that are really social apps and then save the audio from the social app and then make that into a podcast itself. We're not going to stop doing our normal format podcast, uh, but we are going to start doing a podcast that's going to be in addition to this podcast where we're going to have people on that we're going to interview live using one of those apps. We haven't decided which one yet. We were using Clubhouse, but the problem with Clubhouse is it would not allow you to record the conversations. And that's a major no-no for any content creator. You want to create content once and have it live forever. Remember I said, Julie and I have over 5,000 shows? A lot of those shows get listened to every single day. We can go back to shows we did five years ago, and there's probably somebody listening to it, which actually kind of touches on content, getting back to old Bob. You can make content that's good for that day. A lot of the podcasts we listen to, they'll be relevant to that particular day. And we do start out oftentimes by saying what the date is, and that's fine. But you don't want to create the overarching content can't be dated. you got to be careful about that, in our opinions. Now, you, again, want to do a current events show? That's fine. We don't. We want to create content that is evergreen. That way someone can listen to it in the future. Even though they knew the content was created two years ago, they still want to know how to pre-qualify a seller. And that doesn't change. Well, and doesn't that make it more searchable? Like maybe I want to look up a coaching, a real estate coaching podcast about how to pre-qualify sellers. Totally. And so if you label it by the name of the content versus the date, it's going to be a lot easier to find. And podcast too, which is really incredible when you research all this. When you see basically like, for example, Joe Rogan's podcast Mm -hmm. gets uh, more downloads than like CNN, Fox, and MSN combined. So Joe does his podcast and he'll interview somebody long for him. Like he had Sanjay Gupta on there the other Mm -hmm. day. That podcast got downloaded in like three days following more than all these big major cable channels. So that's telling you guys that podcasting is replacing what has become, I would think, dubious, mostly propagandized news sources. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So do you've I, got to be part of that. Question two is, do you need a studio? Years ago, the audio quality, production quality mattered. Not so much now. Some of the best podcasts and shows that are, are the least produced. In other words, there's not some sound mixer going in there and editing out the ums and the ahs. You and don't the have pauses. to hire a bunch of people to do this crap. Nope. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. This isn't to say that audio volume, uh, that uh, audio volume, uh, this isn't to say that audio volume can be too low or too high or pops and other noise can be overly present. You can have a little bit of it, but not too much of it. Like I said, we hold our lavalier mics and sometimes we, Julie holds hers too close or sometimes she holds it too far. Sometimes I'll start, you know, too much and it drives me crazy to listen to it as much as it does you guys but overall the content is what rules you can read our itunes reviews and people will say that sometimes they'll say like 
you know, Tim's rant today drove me crazy. I hate that son of a bitch and whatever, whatever. But I love the content. I'm going to keep listening because yeah. their show is incredible. They'll I mean, tell you what they like. They will. Well, so what matters is the overall quality of the content. If the content sucks and the audio is stellar, they won't listen because it doesn't matter. If the audio is just okay and the content is stellar, they will listen over and over again. So don't over-engineer it and don't give yourself the excuse that you don't have an audio engineer or any of this fancy stuff. One of the podcasts I used to listen to was, and he doesn't do it anymore, was a traveling salesman who always had a a seat in first class who would interview, not always, but he would interview the people sitting next to him, the person sitting next to him in first class. Because chances are that person was interesting. And it was, that was the whole premise. I'm in first class. I'm be sitting here for two or three hours. Let's have a conversation. You want to do a podcast. And I thought that was great. And great you could, concept. You could hear the noise in the background. You could hear all the, the, you know, but the conversation was always so awesome because no one has the expectation of being interviewed on a, uh, you know, plane flight, let alone, you know, being overly formal. And let's be honest, in first class, they probably had a couple of glasses of wine in them. Probably. So some Good of those stuff. conversations were awesome. And some of the people he just in, it ran into on accident were amazing. Absolutely great concept. So, but that also proves that it doesn't have to be over-engineered. So we're going to do one more point and then we will do the rest uh, tomorrow. So point number three, how formal should I be? Well, we talked about that a little bit just now. But the best podcasts are the most conversational. We do always have notes and or an outline, depending on the topic. That said, 50% of our shows are where we're just being ourselves and talking about random things. We go off on tangents sometimes. You guys all know that. Occasionally, we talk about things that we've been studying that have nothing to do with real estate, like aliens. Those of you who caught some of our Sunday shows from the uh, pandemic lockdown. People want to feel that they're there with you, being part of the conversation. And the best podcasts are not read like audiobooks or college lectures. Instead, they feel interactive. So your number one goal should be to become part of their lives. We do our show daily because we know that we have thousands of people who listen to us daily. They tell us, just like we talked about some of the ones that we listen to daily. We look forward to them. They have become part of our lives. You, let's do another couple points. We got okay. time. Yeah, we're fine. Point number four. We haven't been saying points. We're breaking our own rule. Yep. Oh, you have? Yep. Okay, I haven't. All right, so point number four. Choose a name of your podcast. We talked about this a little bit, so we'll go, to this, go through this relatively quick, but I think this is – I think. Uh, well, it's pretty important. It is it important. It stays with you. You don't want to change it after you've done 20 shows. So know? choose the name of your podcast. Why should why should I listen? Have hyper-focused topic or over uh, or an overarching theme. Ours is Real Estate Coaching Radio. It says what it is. We stay on tar- uh, topic of, to the topic of real estate and coaching and things that help you guys help people and make money 90% of the time. We do not stay on 100% of the time. And it's funny sometimes when Julie and I will go off on tangents about just absolutely arcane topics. Those are the shows you guys often like the the best and remember that when you're creating your own podcast you don't have to be so drilled down have some fun vamp a little bit Uh, yeah if it's too dry you'll lose people don't worry about being caught out in what you say or how you say it who cares people don't listen that intensely anyway they're listening in the background we've got pictures of people who sent us um you know they're on the treadmill listening to our podcast there was one we've gotten this picture probably five or six times People sitting, drinking a glass of wine. They'll show us a. They'll show on their phones that real estate coaching radio is being played right next to the glass of their Chardonnay. That's great. I've seen picture, people listening on long car drives. Just things like that. It's fantastic. A guy sent us pictures. He was working. Um, at, I think it was FedEx delivering whatever a couple of Christmases ago. Listening to guess what? 
So the point well, is, I remember Ben sending you a picture of the screen in his Tesla while he was surrounded by like twelve lanes of traffic in yeah, LA. Ben, yeah, not yeah, Ben uh, Salem. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, you have to keep to what your show claims to be about. When when we veer off, our listeners complain, like we just said. When we veer off too far. Yeah. So Julie and I, for example, will avoid anything that's going to using modern parlance trigger anybody. <laughs> so we try to avoid all the political hot button topics, and we definitely try to avo- avoid yeah. politics. Now that said, if you wanted to start Start a, poli- a political pol- uh, a political show. That's this advice is obviously if it's that's not, your thing. It's not for you. Right. But we're assuming that your goal is to help as many people as you possibly can, regardless of whether they consider themselves red or blue. Indeed. Right. So be a republicrat. There's good, you know. I think yeah. uh, long term well, advice. Think about it like a restaurant, right? So if the food is amazing, but everything else, the atmosphere, the people, the environment was just okay, you probably won't go back. If the food was just okay, but the environment and people and how you felt there was amazing, you do go back. I have to say, I I think Starbucks coffee is like really strong for me. I, I, it gives me a headache, but I'll go to Starbucks because of other things. You know, I like to sit down. I can read a book. I can, you know, get something for Zoe. So that makes the point. So remember, people will easily forget what you said, but will never forget how you made them feel. Think about a really great looking actor or actress, and then you meet them and they're a jerk. Suddenly they are not attractive anymore, are they? And it works the other way. So remember, people forget what you said, don't overly script yourself, but we'll never forget that you made them feel great. So, so if remember, I'm, Bob. If I'm a real estate agent and I'm in uh, selling real estate in New Albany, Ohio, where Jules and I used to sell real estate, mine would be New Albany, Ohio real estate. That is mm-hmm. 100% what I would call it. Absolutely. I would not call it after myself. Nope. I would call it at, because somebody is relocating from California to New Albany, Ohio. They're not going to necessarily know my name, but they're going to be interested in, guess what? New Albany, Ohio real That's estate. That's what they would search, right? right? So keep it as practical and tactical as possible. Don't over-engineer it or try to be too artsy-fartsy. Uh, What is your format? Now, this is a really interesting thing that Julie and I uh, struggled with, having done thousands and thousands and thousands of shows. All right. So what's your format? Do you want to go solo and do interviews, which is quite common, or do you have a partner or partners? Interview-based shows are great for many reasons. Mostly the person being interviewed creates the content, so that's less work for you. However, 75% of your guests will actually be boring, and it can be hard to predict how they'll interview until it's actually happening. The show will never develop its own vibe that way. The best option is occasional interviews and having a partner or partners so you can be conversational. We intentionally jib-jab and keep the conversation between us real. We don't have an on-mic persona. People can tell, you know. Right. So interviews are real pain in the butt because you could have somebody that is the most jovial, most enthusiastic, incredible person to talk to. You just want to love you just love being around this person. And then as soon as they're in front of a camera or a microphone, they freeze. They freeze. And I've had that happen so many times on this podcast. Out. Well, you were listening. I can't say I can't even tell you who it was the other day because they were so boring. You were listening to one of your regular podcasts. that's usually conversational and entertaining. Maybe it was one of your car shows or something. And I was writing a podcast next to you in my chair. And I said, well, who even is that? Because, like, I couldn't even follow the conversation. You're like, well, it's become so boring that the partners that run the show have started to entertain each other. Oh, yeah. Right? And so you're right that it's unpredictable. You know what that was? That was the one we listened to, those three guys. um, Is that Smartless? That's Smartless. And usually that's pretty funny. And and they had the guy from the New York Times Magazine on. Ah. 
and he and he and you'd think this guy writes uh, basically proves comics for a living that he would mm -hmm. be amazing yeah. and nope he just showed up with all of his uh soapbox topics wanted to talk yeah. about climate boring. change and inequality and yeah. just went into these long boring ass diatribes but they had become bored with him and they got bored with him and they started yeah. just jib jabbing with each other yeah well and you know you can't always do that and you can't always predict that so i think trying to make your podcast a hundred percent interviews is probably a mistake Let's round the bend. Tomorrow we're going to talk about how to get downloads, which iPad category you should choose. iPad. This iTunes. Is me. iTunes category you should choose. Um, we're going to talk about media syndication. In other words, how to get the show distributed to everyone's iPhones. We're going to talk about our process and how we go about processing the show, doing the show, getting it to all of you. Um, we're going to talk about your cover art, which is really important. We're going to talk about how to make money how to launch your podcast, the big picture. And then we're going to tell you uh, some very interesting facts and figures about essentially how the world uh, will determine whether your podcast is successful or not. And I think all of you will be completely blown away with, frankly, how few listeners you have to have on your podcast for you to start attracting people Absolutely. to take out ads. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we have how many advertisers now? I don't even know how many. I don't mm -hmm. even, I don't. Yeah. So we had our podcast got so to the point rotate. where we're having so many down. Yeah. So many downloads. We had a syndicator, a professional company called C-Suite. Um, you know, they do a lot of the biggest podcasts out there. They, con they contacted us and they said, we would like to start selling ads on your guys' podcast. And all you have to do is occasionally just do a, a read of a, uh, an, uh, uh, an ad. Like, what was the one you did yesterday? Um, something ever. No, no, Mind, that one for the psychology. You don't remember? <laughs> Sorry, too much. Uh, yeah, too many. But, yeah. but the moral of the story is, is after you start getting some regular listeners and you've been doing the podcast to the point where you can show consistent downloads, you can easily start making money off podcasts because podcast listeners will be very, very loyal to the show and the, and the advertisers on podcasting actually get a better return on investment off advertising on podcasting than they do, for example, taking out normal social media type ads. So this stuff is very, very interesting. Well, you know what's really cool about all this that I have to remind them? is that nothing that we have talked about today or tomorrow really costs any amount of money. I mean, you got a minimal investment in equipment. You guys already all have iPhones. I think all this, all, the, apps. Equi all the equipment, the, mm -hmm. the Ferrite uh, app was probably, because we use Ferrite, mm -hmm. that's our recording app. Did we mention that? It's F-E-R-R-I-T-E. -E, um, and then the that's what we used to record this. We're gonna get We're going to get into our process. Yeah, and, and we have Podbean as a backup. But really, guys, the, the system is very simple. We record this using Ferrite. We do no editing. Nobody does any editing afterwards. We then load this up to um, Google Drive. Uh, we do have an assistant then that basically takes it from there. We're going to tell you about what you she does. You don't have to. It's pretty no. easy to do. Frankly, you, we could use Podbean. We could do this podcast on Podbean. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we put in the title, we put in the description, and then Podbean would do everything that Karen for does us, right. for us. But sure. the reason we had to add that extra step is because we have C-Suite, and, uh, and C-Suite would do it for us too. But I wanted to keep control of our content right. because I know rule, well, Harris' rule is you cannot build, you never build your mansion on land that you do not own. And if you're putting all your mm -hmm. content on a syndicator's platform that you then will not have publishing rights to in the future, you are causing yourself to work against yourself going forward as far as creating a volume of content. Well, we're going to be getting into the weeds more about this tomorrow. And this is incredibly, I think, powerful for all of you who are trying to, you, maybe you're not uh, comfortable in front of a camera. Maybe you're just wanting to feel like you're maybe just keeping a daily journal. Maybe you just want to start a podcast that's going to appeal to other people that have uh, interest, you know, hobby type interests. It doesn't really matter. This is a very rewarding, interesting way for you to connect with other people around the planet. 
when we look at our podcast stats and we see it's typically 61, sometimes as many, 70 different countries who are downloading, like Malta. Like we were number one in Malta for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, in the education space in real estate in Malta, there's probably 24 people that downloaded us, but that makes us number one, you know, mm-hmm. unlike the United States where 90% of all podcasts get downloaded. But this is podcasting is just taking off. And these social apps that are coming around the bend, like Clubhouse, like Green Room, like Call In, and there's going to be a bunch more they are all going to supercharge podcasting. So I strongly encourage you to start a podcast. It's simple. It's cheap. It's not technically difficult. You don't have to be perfect at it. You don't have to be perfect at it. You don't have to have like, you know, our, our whole rig, our whole podcasting rig. I'm guessing 175 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, despite the probably tens of thousands we spent on the crap we don't use. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's true. I'm not going to lie. I know. In the meantime, hey, if you guys are interested in joining EXP Realty, as many of you are, please do consider Julie and I as your sponsor. Yes, we are formally applying for the job of being your EXP sponsor. If you like the content we produce on this podcast, you can tell how much effort and care and feeding we put into providing this for you guys with the intention of motivating you, educating you, and helping you get into action. You can imagine what we'll do for you when you're with our, when you're a partner with Julie and I at EXP Realty. So we would like to talk with you today. If you've not chosen a sponsor and you're looking for a sponsor that's going to be proactive, very proactive in your success at eXp Realty, please consider Julie and I. You can text us directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206, and we'll have this conversation about how you can move forward with eXp Realty. In the meantime, thank you for continuing to make Real Estate Coaching Radio the number one daily listened to podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Have a great day, guys. Talk with you tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.